0: You're listening to the Sexual Wellness Sessions with Kate Moyle. This conversation was brought to you by Beducated Online Courses, the Netflix of sexual education with tastefully presented, easy-to-follow instructions and content, and expert-backed methods to help you to level up your love life. Beducators have many ways and tools to improve your skill set as a lover, which they offer through their first class online courses about everything from mindful sex and relationships to tantric massage, all delivered straight into your bedroom. In today's conversation, I'm talking to Ben Bidwell, mindset coach, writer, public speaker, and prominent voice in the men's mental health space, encouraging men to connect with their authentic masculinity. As a part of opening up this conversation, Ben has been very honest about his personal challenges with sex, and particularly with orgasm, and famously he took this conversation to the This Morning couch. Ben, thank you so much for your time this morning. No,
1: not at all my pleasure, honestly. I, I love these conversations and they matter to me, so I'm grateful to be here. Thank you.
0: One of the things that I find, one of the biggest kind of themes of my work, is that we don't see people having honest, open conversations about sex publicly, Um, And that's something that you have really embraced. Um, And I know you said the intention of that interview wasn't actually to go on and have that kind of line underneath (laughs) you as you sat on the this (laughs) morning (laughs) sofa, but actually you were talking about something else. But I think it was just the fact that that was the, the comment that they made and focused on um, in itself is interesting.
1: Yeah, I guess it's, it, it was a headline maker, wasn't it? And it was more interesting to for, for viewers probably to be caught in on that story than, you know, the man who struggles to orgasm or, you know, the, mind, the man who finds it difficult to orgasm because probably it's like, well, you know, probably that, that's the case with a lot of people at times. So I think it was just a headline, wasn't it, to grab people's attention and and I'm sure it did that. But uh, yeah, I learned a thing or two about the media on that day, that's for sure.
0: (laughs) Mm. And what you um, said to me is that actually off the back of that, you had a lot of people kind of getting in touch and saying that um, it kind of resonated with them and that they had never heard anyone kind of talk about their struggles before so so even just in opening up that conversation it did help people almost immediately
1: yeah it did I'm sure um it is a taboo subject isn't it but I don't really see why it should be only because I guess it's kind of in theory got an over 18 stamp on it because it's about sex but it's this is like at the core of human behavior this is essential this is how we all arrived here um, so, and at the same time, I'm also very clear that I haven't done anything wrong, and I didn't ask to find myself to be in the position that I am. So I'm kind of like, well, what what is there to hide? Why why what 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 conversation is there to avoid? Um, at the same time, the, the difficult part for me was what they've just plastered on the TV is not true. So now I have to go on and talk about what well, do I mm. do? I call them out and say this is incorrect, or do I talk in an inauthentic way about? what isn't wasn't what isn't true is the, like their sensationalised headline. So it was a bit awkward in that respect. And also I was conscious that my dad knew nothing about it. My dad's sitting at home watching knowing I'm about to go live on TV and the headline that he's greeted with that I had no idea and couldn't prep him for suddenly arrives on the screen. Um but yeah, to to answer your question as well, uh I think it's uh there's a lot of well we know that that witness is a more common thing for women. Um mm. r- not not rightly but it's kind of more accepted, you know. That from a male perspective, it's like, well, you know, the, the way sex functions is the man ejaculates and then it ends. Um, stereotypically, I'm not again, I'm not saying that's right, but kind of in our in in our natural thought process, that's how we think it happens. But there's a lot of women that say, I've "Just I don't have orgasm through sex; it doesn't happen for me." But as I say, it seems to be more accepted. But for a man to say it seems unusual, but it happens again. You know, it's it's. Um, it happens and a lot of people reached out to me and said thank you for, for sharing that because it's not really discussed.
0: I'm sure and you know the the kind of common um discussion or the more usual discussion we talk about is the orgasm gap and you know that it's much more um understood I suppose in general terms that um, women might struggle to orgasm with men more and I completely agree with you it's not the way it should mm. be Um but I think what it what one of the biggest problems is, is we are taught a really linear model of sex, but also that that's the only type of sex that we should be having. And I think one of the things that I really try to change with people is to create this kind of more circular and play, fun, you know, focused model of sex. But also, um, you know, what you're struggling with, which is more commonly called delayed or absent ejaculation, doesn't mean that you don't
1: orgasm. Totally. And I agree with, with everything you just said. And I feel conscious, actually, because I'm I'm talking about my experience, which is... You know, I'm straight, so it's with a woman. But, of course, that's, you know, it doesn't have to be the norm. Um, but, yeah, I, I, can, I can orgasm. It's just, it's difficult. And um, it often doesn't happen. Um, but it's not to say it's, it's not possible. You know, it's certainly possible. But it's just, I think, because of the stereotypes and the perception of what sex should be, you know, when I, even if I say it to a partner, that I struggle sometimes, or a lot of the time, it's very much perceived as weird and, and some people get very defensive about it. You know, it's a personal thing. So they kind of think they haven't done their job almost as a woman um, or my partner um, or that it means that kind of sex is incomplete or there's all sorts of reasons that people come up with around it. So I always like to just try and normalise it and sort of say, look, no big deal. This is a situation I don't want you to take this personally um, if we're entering into that situation. But it's just the way it is, and it's cool, and everything is completely normal, other than the fact that it may not happen, and mm. there's no need to worry about it or change your perception or anything. Let's just let's just play, like you said, have fun, and what will be will be, and that's great. Um,
0: and it's not to say that you're not enjoying sexual experiences, right?
1: So, no, definitely not. Although I think, I think for me, where it does become a challenge, um, particularly find myself in not in long-term relationships where um and this is why I've done a lot of the work I have if I'm totally honest because I used to find and this is a difficult conversation to have being perfectly honest but I used to find that sex was more fun in the early stages when there was more lust and more kind of excitement and more um new experiences if you like and as it got became more of a norm without an orgasm it felt quite empty to me being totally honest now i know i've really tried to change my perception around that but it just felt like a process you know, i remember awful but famous line that i, I i'll never forget when i was in a relationship at 2021 20, i said that you know sex for me was like going for a run at times you know it was a lot of energy it took a lot of energy and it was quite hard work and mm. you know if without the orgasm it kind of while it was an experience and, and something to be pleasure to be intimate with my partner you know at times the 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 motivation was not as strong because there wasn't the end goal if you like
0: and we understand that 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 is you know an experience that lots of people have if they're struggling with sex or struggling with not just the functionality of sex but the psychology of sex or they're um, highly anxious or they're experiencing sexual pain because we learn to relate to sex as a different concept we learn to relate to it as to almost have it defined in our heads as something different and so our relationship with it in its entirety changes and I suppose you're able to get intimacy and connection through other ways which might be more satisfying if sex isn't kind of working the way you'd like it to. Yeah
1: for sure and and I and I that's that's definitely was definitely true for me and there was intimacy in other ways but I do I did feel there was something missing when my motivation in a relationship for sex was not as much as I'd like it to have been and if I wasn't Mm. if I wasn't getting satisfaction out of it then it did feel like there was something missing you know it it, it was yeah I definitely did experience that so I, I, I hence why if I'm honest, if I was more okay with about it, I probably wouldn't have gone on the personal development journey that I went on. Um, but my, my whole experience, because I was very shut off in my 20s as a guy, which I think is all tied in, if I'm honest, to this whole situation. But um, I wouldn't have gone on the journey that I went in developing myself and learning how my mind works if it wasn't for the fact that I was trying to overcome, trying to change my sexual experiences because they didn't feel complete in the relationships that I had as, as I was in the form that I was existing. Mm.
0: And you said that this is something that you've always struggled with, something that's always kind of been a problem for you. Um, And sometimes, um, I guess one of the things I want to kind of highlight for people is sometimes different terminology is used. So sometimes people might say dry orgasm, or it might be difficult to orgasm at all, or you might have an orgasm but not ejaculate. And there's also a term which is retrograde um, ejaculation, which which is where semen actually goes back into the bladder, which is something different. Um, So I think it's... What I want to also just highlight is, if people are listening and struggling with conditions like this, there are different variations of what might be going on.
1: Yeah, and I've learned a little bit about that, and um, and that's part of my kind of hope for the future is that we don't. I don't have to pin all my hopes on my sort of sexual satisfaction being around ejaculation. You know, in fact, far from it. I'm learning that. Uh, you know, a healthy orgasm, I imagine this is probably open for discussion. I'd love to, I don't know, maybe the conversation would go down this route, but, you know, my goal in the future is to learn more about how I can function and the other types of orgasm I can have and to be able to learn to orgasm without ejaculation seems like it's kind of almost the holy grail. Um, Mm. So, again, you know, in in investigating this and and sort of looking to move on from it rather than being sort of defined by it, I'm learning, I think, I'm learning a lot of interesting experiences and I think I'll have better sexual experiences for my investigations in the future at some point. Mm.
0: And I suppose it's about, you know, you. I suppose the difference is you feeling in control of what's going on or feeling like you're being controlled by what's going on, so how it defines you or not and your relationship with this part of your sex life. And I guess that's the thing that you're saying that you've changed or kind of changed across... How long you've been experiencing this for
1: yeah i i would say i'm I'm still trying to change if i'm honest like my my i've definitely tried i've definitely have changed the relationship to it in some form and i do see it much more as an experience rather than a goal to orgasm um i want to see it and experience it as an intimate connection that an orgasm is part of um but not the be all and end all that's for sure um but yeah, they, they, I'm, I'm learning that there's a whole lot more to, to sex than we originally kind of understand. It's not, as you said, a penis and vagina if, if you're in a straight relationship that leads to the male orgasm and then partners rolling over and saying goodnight or whatever. It's, there's a whole lot more to it. that I can't remember where it was actually somewhere. And you probably know much better. But I read somewhere in my investigations that we operate at something like 17% or 19% of where that figure comes from. But 17, 19% of our sexual capacity you know, and there's this untapped resources, untapped worlds that we just never look at or understand or or investigate. And for example, breath work is something that I've, I've one of the things I've started to look at doing. And um, you know, your breath can make a huge difference. I'm learning. Mm. So, but we're not we're not taught that, and no one would have any idea unless they investigate it and dig beneath the surface. So, I'm learning that yeah, there is a lot more to sex than than than. Than penis, vagina, orgasms, sleep, you know, which is what I thought it was at 18, I think.
0: Well, I think that's what everyone thinks it is at 18. And I think, you know, like the I suppose one of the um things that I have found most interesting when I've been talking to you is how you're having to, through no fault of your own, completely challenge your belief system about sex and all of the beliefs that have been kind of internalised or ingrained whether consciously or unconsciously and you know we learn about sex not just from what's said but also what's unsaid so as you said I had this version of sex in my mind when I was 18, 20, 21. what I was experiencing didn't fit with that version and so that in itself is a huge challenge on top of the challenge of what you're already experiencing.
1: Yeah it is but it's you know it gave me a lot of hope for me it was, it was kind of knowing there's more meant that there's mm. opportunity to grow and mm. that was that was great and that still is great and I'm still excited about that um I don't know but, you know again probably like personal development I'm not sure the journey will ever end where you you know you kind of complete sex and you know everything and it's I guess it never can because each experience with a different partner or with the, with the same partner can be different in some capacity so um that for me is, is a is a big thing of hope and there can always be more, not, not in a, an unhealthy sort of constant chase, but it's a constant adventure, um, which is, is a healthy thing for me. You know, there's always more learning. There's always new experiences. It doesn't have to be the simple kind of platonic experience that I saw it as originally.
0: Yeah, the way that a sex education kind of happens across our lifetimes, we go through different stages. Our sexuality can be fluid. We might Decide that we really like something one week and feel differently about it the next. It completely depends on our headspace, our context, what's going on, our health. I really like what you said there because, in a way, you're much more perhaps open minded to seeing where things go or noticing that something might feel good one week and kind of following that and then that it might change and that. That's actually, you know, one of the things that I think would be really helpful for almost everybody to have as a perspective in their sex lives.
1: Yeah, I I definitely think it's it's healthy. And I've done around my work around purpose, learning your purpose. You know, hope is a big part of that. And, And hope comes from the ability to know that there can be more, there can be change. Well, you know, when we feel stuck, it's kind of like I'm just in this rut and this is the same. It's going to be the same thing on repeat and it's not inspiring me and it's not inspiring me tomorrow and it's not inspiring me next week or next month or next year. And with that, we kind of lose energy around the whole situation. So um, hope is a huge, hugely powerful thing. And I think, you know, I would love for sex education to be opened up way more than it is. I don't know where, what age or how, but just the resources. And I know I've, I've been approached by more websites and and more platforms now that are looking to show people that there is more available, you know sex is not to say it again what we originally just thought in a very simple form in penetration and orgasm um and that that yeah I, that's a that's a powerful thing to know um i i I, you know, I, mean, I I don't know your 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 view on it, but I'm excited to to look at things like tantra and to learn about energy flows in my body and how I can do that, how you can orgasm without ejaculation as a man and how that can allow you to continue and how you can experience more body orgasms, not just in the penis or around that the genitalia. genitalia. So like all of that gives me, because I'm, like, I'm not operating in that level at the moment. So if that's possible, then you know, there's the capability of me to, to change my current situation. Mm. Um, it's not easy, I know that, but it's possible. And that's 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 an energising thing in itself.
0: And it's about being creative. And, you know, I, I think that there are some wonderful teachings that come out of that world. There are plenty of examples of people who can breathe into their bodies and connect with their bodies enough that they can reach orgasm, you know, with no touch at all. Mm. And why why is that any less pleasurable or less satisfying than a different type of sex? And I know I have worked with people, for example, who have injuries or conditions where they're not able to or have had operations where they're not able to sexually function in the way that they used to but we creatively help them to find solutions where they can experience pleasure now that might be through psychological um, stimulation through physical stimulation through different types of touch through finding sensitive spots in their bodies which give them pleasure through eye contact through breathing really you know it's it's about finding the there is no magic formula for sex it's about finding the formula that works for you Mm. and it's only going to fulfill your experiences more if you're able to lean on different aspects of different teachings and different approaches
1: Mm. totally yeah and I always as as you're saying that I (laughs) this is probably taking the subject off topic a little bit but I always as a coach I always use example I guess this is mindfulness but I use example of dogs and Every day you take a dog for a walk. And you said, "Do you want to go for a walk?" And the first time it ever goes for a walk, is excited. The, the millionth time it ever goes for a walk, it's lucky to do a million walks. Then it's still equally as excited. It loves it. It doesn't go. We went for a walk yesterday, and the day before, and the day before that, and da da da, da and create all these stories that um, you know bore it effectively, and, and, and let it lose its, and just take it as normal, and lose its appeal every day dogs manage to retain that same level of excitement even though it's on repeat and it's what they've been doing the whole time and yet we as human beings it's like if we're doing something again and again it's it's boring now and that's all caught up in our mind um now i'm saying this as if i I, i've got the solutions and and i know it's not easy and i don't but i am aware that you know, from the things you said there, that it's very possible for us to change a whole lot of our perceptions around this stuff to, to take a lot more satisfaction out of it. Does that make sense to you? Have I gone way off topic here?
0: <laughs> no, it really does. And, you know, it's it's something that I speak to people about to do with their sex lives just in general. So any kind of sex lives, you know, routine is a passion killer. It doesn't encourage desire. It doesn't motivate us. We know what's coming, mm. you know, and I think that, I often talk to people about um, every time we have sex, just changing one thing. And that could be kind of lights on, lights off, um, starting with your clothes on, starting with your clothes off, not having penetrative sex or um, um, using lube, not using lube, using toys or, you know, whatever it is, mm. it doesn't matter. you know, moving your bedding to a different place. In the but when we get stuck in routine, what it takes is, less attention in our mind wanders. Now, if you're able to mix it up, even just by kind of doing deep breathing together, that is a different way of connecting. And we want people to feel connected. And I think that the goal of sex for me as um, a psychosexual therapist, as a psychosexologist, when I'm talking to people is, you know, as long as it's consensual, adult and fun really that is the goal there isn't we kind of need to break away from this goal orientated model of sex anyway because what it is causing more people more anxieties more problems more difficulties and we don't all fit into a box in the rest of our lives so why would we in our sex lives
1: Mm, totally and i guess I'm putting my my coaching hat on like what comes to me is that if, and I'm speaking to myself here around sex is you know it's just removing that fear isn't it fear fear kills play and if we're not able mm. to express ourselves, we're not able to play then we're probably not going to get the best out of the situation I mean if we, if we go back to to dog which I do think dogs could teach us so much but they are free, you know, they they fully, they don't have fear. They they represent themselves when they go to that park. They're not worried if people are thinking they're crazy for chasing the ducks or for running after the squirrels or for wanting the ball to be thrown to them. They just love that and they go all in on it. And then they, you know, finish and do whatever else inspires them. And, you know, we become, as humans, very caught in our stories as how we should be behaving or what we need to do to impress or to get validation or... All these different things that take us away from actually the moment of expressing ourselves in a way that we get pleasure and play in that moment. And as I say, like, I'm, I'm it's great having this conversation with you because as a coach, I'm, I'm speaking to myself on, on this stuff, and um, I totally hear you. It, it makes a lot of sense. It's, but again, I, I, the challenge is removing fear is not an easy thing to do, right? Um, mm. uh, it's probably the biggest challenge we have in, in, in finding freedom as human beings, and probably in the bedroom is where. A lot of our fears exist it's a very judgmental space in theory potentially
0: Mm, I'm very vulnerable and very kind of exposing and the thing is I think it's very laden so we're very laden with the stories that we've been told the beliefs that we've picked up the narratives and because we don't have this open conversation about sex or because we don't talk about sex like we do every other aspect of our lives we As humans, we really like to fit the norm. We really like to know that we're kind of in the group. Um, And when we feel that we're outside of that, that's when we start to struggle. And a lot of what you're describing, that sense of fear, taking that away is about, I suppose, expectations. Mm. But our expectations often are not our own. So I talk about... um, this idea of kind of thinking about where your sexual messages came from. And, you know, I said it earlier, but both the said and the unsaid and what the motivations for those might have been. Talk to people a lot about um, changing their blueprints or how blueprints are set down in one period or time or place. And actually, you might move. And so, what we need to do is perhaps look at where the blueprints and the plan have to fit onto each other and see what needs to be adjusted.
1: Mm. Totally. Yeah. I, I, and actually, as you're, well, as you're saying that, I kind of feel like, you know, the, the sex therapy actually can teach us so much in our life beyond just sex, you know, because a lot of what you're saying is philosophies to take into to real life situations. You know, fear is not just a crippler in, in the bedroom, but it, it can withhold you in every aspect of your life. And if it's fear is, is likely to show up in one place, it's likely to show up in another. Um, so, yeah I totally and, and interestingly actually I guess i tie that into my own story in that when I when I was going through this work it started I I, I thought I was going to become some kind of sex guru when I started working with a coach because I'd come to her and said this is my problem this is what I'm trying to fix and she said I can help you and I thought great you're just going to teach me about sex but she didn't she taught me about how my mind worked and how to become vulnerable and how to embrace emotions and all this stuff that I wouldn't necessarily have tied in with with sex but obviously are links now I understand but also just tied in with every aspect of my life you know um being vulnerable and i, I talk about vulnerability all the time and um i probably one area i'm not i'm i'm, I'm pretty vulnerable in many areas and i show up and i'm i am very open with where i'm at but probably still not so much in the bedroom it's still somewhere something that i'm probably still need to work on um so it's interesting it's, it's really interesting but I, I see a lot of similarity in what what you're saying and in terms of letting go and um, letting go of the narratives and, and, the, and the fearful stories that make you conform or, you know, play out scenarios that aren't necessarily in tune with yourself, um, that they can withhold you not only in the bedroom, but in life.
0: I completely agree. And I think, you know, as a psychosexual therapist, you know, a lot of the time we talk about sex in the therapy room, but a lot of the time the conversation isn't about sex. And I think that it's so often, a difficulty with sex might be the symptom. And bear in mind, obviously, I'm not a medical doctor, so a lot of the people I'm working with, there might be no medical reason or any organic reason for why they're struggling with what they're struggling with. And it could be a sense of not feeling good enough or a lack of self-esteem or a fear of intimacy or a fear of vulnerability or um, a understanding a model of relationships. And a lot of the time what we are talking about is how they relate to sex as a concept, but actually kind of what's behind that, what it's representative of. And I think the flip side of that is, you know, what meaning does sex play in your life? It's not necessarily just, you know, I'm struggling with sex. It's what does the fact that I'm struggling with sex mean about me as a person or change about how I feel that other people will see me and that kind of then gets reflected back definitely
1: and, and that was exactly what i discovered and, and i learned you know in that my challenges in life were showing up with uh, a struggle to orgasm but that was just the end result it was that was just what i could physically see or experience but what was going on underneath was someone who had completely blocked out their emotions who uh, was, was lacking self-love and connection and alignment to my truth um and this cocktail of all sorts of things, because there's the spin-offs from that. I mean, I'm desperately trying to people-please and to conform and to be something that I wasn't. Um, all sorts of knock-ons that, that mean, I guess, when I got to the to the bedroom, uh, I didn't feel. You know, you can't choose. If you're going to block out your emotions, you can't choose when you, when to switch them on and off. And you can't choose just to feel the good ones. You're okay. going to feel or, or you're not. And, and I learned in life not to feel. Uh so in the bedroom, I also wasn't really feeling. I'd never really experienced connection. I'd never been vulnerable. I'd never been willing to let people really see my heart. I would just conform and put up my armour. And um, that blocked connection. And now I, I connection is just a key, key ingredient for me to have any kind of healthy sex, um, I really believe. Um, but I didn't have any connections. So sex was just a process. It was it was penis and vagina and, and hope for orgasm. Um, there was not much more to it than that. Um and there's all these, you know, the the people pleasing, the the unwillingness to be vulnerable, to express myself, you know, I'd I'd look mm. to put on a, a masculine performance, you know, so that I was probably mm. more concerned with the reviews I'd get from from the text messages after or any kind of sharing in the university, you know, <laughs> um, setup, I guess, than mm. I was actually about having good a good time myself and experiencing something that that gave me a sense of you know, satisfaction or fulfilment in that moment with someone who mattered to me. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it all, it all makes a lot of sense, what you said, if that, if that kind of ties in.
0: Mm, it really does. not I think, I imagine, I'm kind of like nodding along as I'm hearing you say that, because I imagine lots of people listening to this and it's, it's not a dissimilar conversation to one that I've had with lots of other people, which is why I'm kind of um, really agreeing with you, is that sense of, People-pleasing, I think, does really come into our sex lives a lot of the time because we get so preoccupied with, are we doing a good job? Are they having a good time? What's going on for them? What do they think about me? And actually, those are the kind of thoughts that take us out of experiencing what's going on in our body. For example, pleasure, which are the things that encourage arousal, um, encourage desire. So arousal being the physical ability to be ready, for sex to have sex and desire the kind of wanting aspect but that so often we're so preoccupied with you described it as the sex being a judgmental space with how we are seen or that that can actually completely detach us from enjoying the experience and actually if we were able to let go of some of those fears or anxieties or um, fears of judgment that we would be able to enjoy that experience more and be more connected but that does involve the kind of shedding of that or the okay i'm going to allow myself to be vulnerable and if it doesn't work out i'm going to really feel shit um but that we know that if we kind of go into that space and it works that it takes us further
1: Mm. all all sorts of things are going through my head as you're saying all that and it's it's um Totally. I mean, that, that, I, I know when I'm in my head, when I'm thinking, when I'm trying to work it all out, then I'm never going to get as much out of the situation. You know, you know, when I know when I'm in flow and I'm I'm feel totally kind of alive to a situation and suddenly time has gone and it's two hours later and I had no idea. Yeah, that's when I wasn't thinking, trying to work everything out and asking all the questions. I was just there. I was just present in that moment. And... I don't know. I think we operate in a world that is constantly trying to take us away from the present. It's always, you know, we're filming everything rather than actually being there. There's always more distractions. There's always more things to look at or see and do. You know, we. I, I went on a date a while ago and and um, in lockdown and we just walked and you know I just mm. was looking at the trees and the sky and the stars and the clouds and to me that just gave me so much you now I feel like a bit of a freak saying that even now you know and she I remember her reaction being like what are you on about like the, you know the sky and the like and it's that kind of for me like when I think of that I'm just like well these are things that that matter like being present in that moment just looking and taking things in and appreciating things for what they are um rather than I don't know the constant chase for desirables in this sort of <laughs> going off on one now but in this capitalist world that we live in it's always showing us more and more shiny stuff and achieving and being judged on on the results and rather than just being you know I guess it's a cliche now but you know I've always being human doings rather than human beings actually being in that moment of sex and being willing to be judged for being different to the previous partners they had um because you it's different for you you have a different experience or you like different things or whatever and all these things matter and um Mm. i I, yeah for me i think the world tried to take me away from all that stuff and i conformed very happily and and that didn't help my my situation in the bedroom put it that way
0: Mm. and you know i think it's not a surprise that one of the kind of Big themes in psychosexual therapy or psychosexual counseling, I mean, lots of counseling and therapy in general, but is mindfulness exercises. And um, Laurie Brotto is a wonderful, wonderful researcher, um, has done a lot of research on this and reducing sexual pain and increasing sexual functioning and helping people to connect in their sex lives. And what um, the mindfulness exercises do is they just kind of like ground you. In what is happening right now. And it's just, okay, give myself permission, non judgmentally being one of the key factors of it, to give all of my attention to this moment, what is going on now. And the world we live in is kind of primes us to be constantly distracted and kind of sharing our attention all over the place. And, you know, we're constantly being notified or hooked into something else, or, you know, we've lost this, you know, particularly the, you know, pandemic situation that we've found ourselves in but we we lost that kind of nine to five model everything kind of merged into one or another and we we don't have the kind of break away like shut the door on one bit and go into the next bit anymore and you know the the ability to connect with people all around the world is amazing but we do lose that connection with people in front of us and Mindfulness, I think, some of those techniques really help us just to pay attention to what is happening here and now. And we only have enough attention available at any one time. So when we are really distracted in sex, you know, distraction being a real passion killer, and that distraction could be, you know, pain, could be thinking, could be a noise, could be an interruption, whatever it is that distracts us and takes our attention away that then stops us feeling the feelings, as strange as that sounds, um, or feeling our physical sensations so much. So it takes our attention away and that then the physical sensations drop into the background. So of course, we're going to stop enjoying ourselves as much because our brain cannot do everything all at one time. Um, and so actually giving ourselves a chance to let go of everything else and um, just kind of focus on enjoying sex and experiencing pleasure for that window of time which you know isn't hugely long for lots of people is a really positive thing but it's a practice that we're not very good at in the rest of our lives.
1: Mm, totally and I've done some, some mindfulness training but I'd love to do more specific mindfulness training around around sex and appreciation in that space but I'm, I remember as you're saying that one one exercise that I did that probably quite a few anyone else who's investigated mindfulness probably would have done which is the raisin in your hand mm, and, yeah. you know you, you play with the raisin you look at the raisin you touch it you feel it you look at all the different shades and the colors and you really get to know that raisin in every little respect and you hold it near your mouth you can feel yourself um, salivating by the time you actually put it in your mouth and then take a bite into it it's like this huge sensation that suddenly that raisin is, is way more powerful in taste than if you just shoved it in and swallowed it. You know, you can barely even notice it. And actually food in mm. general is a great example. You know, if I'm eating my, my, my dinner or my lunch or whatever it is, whilst on my phone with the TV on and checking to my friend and everything else going on and newspaper in front of me or whatever else, and I've got all these distractions everywhere else, you can eat your food without even really noticing what it is you've eaten. Or you can stop. Mm. I mean, I can get a, one small cube of, of chocolate and turn everything off and focus in on that one piece of chocolate and get so much more taste out of it, and in the same way we can do the same thing with sex, right? And you know, is there is there a kind of a pace that we should go? Should we should we be stopping? Should we be check? Because it can almost be creepy, right? You know, for especially in a new experience, if we want to take in every aspect of the experience, we want to you know appreciate the parts of their body and we want to be present in that moment and feel and experience and be mindful of what we're at can that, you know, it can almost be creepy. And I, I've, I've often been in the case and I've noticed it where you've, we've been in the throes of passion and it's been ripped clothes off and straight to it. And I've, and I've noticed in recent years, i have like, hey, stop, stop. Like, I'm not, this is passing without any kind of, like, mindfulness, I guess, if you like. And I've noticed much more that I want to get, I appreciate every, every aspect of where we're at. And I guess maybe it's the answer in that there can be time and place for both
0: you know? Mm. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. And I think, you know, mindfulness when it comes to sex isn't necessarily um, it kind of being really long and slow and sensual. It's just being like, I'm going to give this my full attention and give myself permission to do it and to enjoy it. Now that could be a quickie. It could be, you know, a lazy Sunday morning. It could be with a new partner. It could be with a long-term partner. It could be, um, when you're kind of trying to rebuild your sex life after something like kind of pregnancy and childbirth or having had an injury or anxiety or having taken a medication which has interfered with your sex life it really is helpful i think across the board for everyone and the the kind of important thing is it's just saying it's okay for us just to do this and to enjoy it for what it is and mm. you know the biggest tool that i think anyone can have for their sex lives is communication I mean and lube but (laughs) communication is because we are all individuals and so we just have to understand each other better and it might and being able to talk about that between ourselves and say okay well how about we just take it a bit slow this time or how about we try something new or being able to say that and both partners just to be like okay well let's just see what happens Mm. is a really important tool rather than the natural assumption that most people might have, which is, why do you want to do that? Is what we're doing not good enough? Okay, what's going on? Like, why do you want to do it differently? Mm-hmm. Because we don't, we're not taught to have that relaxed openness about sex. And so, quite often, what comes up is when we suggest something new, or we try and talk about a different way of doing things, or we want to be a bit more explorative, or we want to change things, is it's met with, but why? Because we, are nervous once we have a formula that seems to work for us about moving away from it. Whereas actually what we should all accept is sex kind of goes and ebbs and flows and it can be fluid and changing and change week to week and experience to experience and the motivation for sex might be different every time we have it. Mm. But that's also okay.
1: Totally. Yeah, that really resonates. Um, and it, it, we are so paranoid of getting things wrong, aren't we? We'd rather just stick to a consistent mm. pattern. That we know does a certain thing, then try something and fail, and you know it's that's I know it's a cliche again, but it's how we grow and how we learn. And um, again, I'm speaking to myself here. <laughs> this has been, you know, a therapy session for me without a doubt. Um, but um, yeah, that again is is a vulnerable act, right? To to be willing to try something that might not be well received.
0: <laughs> mm. And you just use that word failure. I think for so many people the idea of failing um i'm doing that in inverted commas um is absolutely terrifying but if we can reframe sex to be about play and fun and pleasure then we're not there isn't a failure it's not goal driven it's not goal orientated so we can't fail and i i really think that reframing sex is is the way that we can help people to to achieve
1: that Mm, totally yeah that makes sense it's it's meant to be fun right yeah that is kind of the
0: whole point it's the thing we're not taught though
1: no, yeah it's very true it's very true I, I definitely think when I started out on my journey it was it was a case of trying to impress rather than have rather than trying to enjoy and which is probably mm. the story of my life at that age if I'm honest um but um but yeah, it's, 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 doesn't, it's not a healthy way to serve you, that's for sure. It's not a healthy way, going back to what you said before, where so much of this ties into life. It's not a healthy way to live your life, uh, not just in sex, but in every aspect. Mm.
0: And Ben, I would love to um, finish this conversation, which I've found absolutely brilliant um, and really interesting, with asking you, and it might be something you've found kind of through your personal kind of explorations or it might be just something that you think is what would you think your biggest tip for that sexual wellness and well-being would be or your one kind of big piece of advice
1: yeah I would be speaking to myself here I think I don't think I'm I'm listening to a lot of my advice when it comes to sex although I'm not hugely sexually active I don't know I mean when it comes to me my biggest learning and experiences right now is that sex is a different experience when there's deep connection um and that's where your sex life can come alive um but that requires vulnerability it requires um i don't want to use the word failure after what you've just said but it requires maybe trying something and it not being as good as the last time you know um it requires being able to sit in a space maybe it requires you know really communicating deeply with your partner all these things, but this is, this is all part of the magic and it's linking it back to what my message is about, vulnerability um, generally in life and being vulnerable enough in the bedroom to, to sit in that space um, is where connection lies and connection with sex or sex with connection is... A very different experience i'd say
0: mm, so taking the risk or putting yourself out there
1: yeah like definitely in every way to, to 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 express yourself authentically you know you might not be the right sex partner for the person you're with in that moment and that's not doesn't make you wrong it just means that you and your partner are different mm,
0: i think that's a really great point to finish on i really like that Ben, thank you so much for your time today. And could you tell everyone where they can find a bit more about you?
1: Yeah, for sure. And first is just thank you so much because I, I, I love the space to have this conversation. It matters to me. So I really appreciate, well, listening to your expecti- expertise, but just sitting in the space with you and listening and and, and allowing the conversation to flow. So thank you. Um, with regards to me, my, my most of my stuff is done on Instagram, if I'm honest. Um, it's The Naked Professor on Instagram. And um, I haven't yet managed to find the vulnerability to start embracing the dance moves on TikTok. But um, pretty much everything is there. I've got a website too, but all links are in, in, in my Instagram. So, um, so yeah, you'll find me there.
0: I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Sexual Wellness Sessions. If you'd like to join us for more conversations, you can click subscribe on either Apple or Spotify podcasts. And if you have a moment, please leave us a review.